0: Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast show number 61.
1: Interest rates are sky high in 2023 and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8, 9 or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with Rent to Retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller-financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high cash flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest. Even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777.
0: When it comes to financial guidance, you gotta trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I wanna upgrade our wallets, Help you make it happen with a killer travel card.
1: Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com.
0: NerdWallet. Finance smarter.
1: As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval. And terms of each credit card issuer apply.
2: The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets,
0: where we interview Rishan and Rob from Learn, Hustle, Grow.
2: But once you've
3: earned a certain income, you have lifestyle creep and you build a lifestyle around that income, Mm -hmm. makes it very difficult to pull out and now start and entrepreneurially and make nothing.
2: It's time for a new American dream, one that doesn't involve working in a cubicle for 40 years, barely scraping by. Whether you're looking to get your financial house in order, invest the money you already have or discover new paths for wealth creation, you're in the right place. This show is for anyone who has money or wants more. This is the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast.
0: How's it going, everybody? I'm Scott Trench. And I'm here with my co-host, Ms. Mindy Jensen. How are you doing today, Mindy?
1: Scott, I'm doing fantastic. It's another beautiful day in Colorado, like always. I'm super excited for today's show. I feel like I say that all the time. I'm super excited, but I am. Like, I'm always super excited. But I really, really, really love Rishon and Rob's story about uh, figuring out financial independence. They're in their 40s they have quit their corporate jobs, but they still have jobs. They just want to do these passion projects now. And uh, spoiler alert, they're getting ready to travel forever around the world, which just sounds like super awesome fun.
0: Yeah. And what I think is so great about this episode is both of them come from low income backgrounds. Both of them had children really early in their lives, right? In their adult lives. Both of them accumulate a lot of debt and then over the course of a 20-year career, they, they were able to bake some, some good solid incomes, pay off that debt, and then really go after it. And what I believe is a really repeatable fashion for a lot of people. You know, if they can do it, a lot of people can do it, right?
1: You know, what I think is so amazing about this story, as I'm listening to them tell their story, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I'm thinking to myself, you know what? There's nothing special about this story. There's nothing like unrepeatable for most people, about this story, and what it really does is cement the fact that yes, this is doable. Yes, this is this this whole like financial independence thing is doable. It is repeatable, and it's not that hard. You follow these steps: don't spend as much as you make, save. Uh, it's you know what? It's like that richest man in Babylon book.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 2019. This is the American dream. This is how to do it. Right? Pay off your debts. Pay off your house. Build a modest amount of cash flow, travel the world, and do whatever the heck you want. They're going to travel the world while being location independent entrepreneurs. The worst case scenario, they're going to be fine and make a, a continue to have their portfolio grow and sustain itself. Best case scenario, they're going to make have a tremendous amount of fun and make a ton of money doing it.
1: Yeah, at the near the end of the show, Rob says, "Anybody can do this. It just takes discipline, and that's why nobody does it because it just takes discipline." This is not. A difficult thing. And you know, but what people do is they ask me that I'm sure they ask you, oh, how did you do it? Well, here's what I did. Oh, and you can watch their eyes kind of glaze over. What they want to hear is, well, I walked up to this wall and I pushed a button and money just rained down on me and now I'm financially independent. And that's not how it is. You want to know how it is? Listen to Rob and Rishon's story because that's how you do it. Rishon and Rob, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. How's it going today? Fantastic! Thanks for having us. I'm so excited to talk to you. I haven't seen you since FinCon, and I'm so I was so happy that I got to meet you at FinCon. FinCon was an awesome event.
3: This was our first time, and we loved it.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great event. I make sure that I have uh, babysitters for that event, and then every other event is just bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta prioritize. Yes. Yes. That is absolutely the best event. So why don't you walk us through where your story with money begins? Okay. I guess
4: I'll do that. So nine years ago, we had joined our lives and our money. We started out when we got married using the Dave Ramsey model because we were just trying to figure things out. And we got married in our thirties and we just didn't want to fight you know a lot and <laughs> just getting into a new marriage so we're paying off our debt we started paying off our debt and then we uh, started investing in, in real estate and we basically uh paid down mostly all of our debt and we decided to uh start looking to our entrepreneurial dreams we both were working day jobs by the way and then uh eventually i became a real estate agent while working my day job and rashawn became a, a travel agent and uh, this year, we both just quit our uh, day jobs.
1: Yay. So it sounds like you combined your finances right at the very beginning. I like that you said we joined our lives and our money. And I have a friend, Derek Olson, who wrote a book called One Bed, One Bank Account. And mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. subscribe to this, but not everybody does. Can right. you share a little bit about why you decided to share your finances together or combine them together? So initially, you know, 230 somethings, both
3: independent and living our own lives. Financially, it was hard to figure out exactly how we were going to manage the money. We had a convoluted plan before we got married, right? We were that couple that looked at credit reports <laughs> before we got engaged. <laughs> You might not think it's romantic, but it was super important for us at that, you know, based on where we were in our lives to know what the other person came to the table with. So we'd already looked at credit reports and knew that there were some things we needed to do there. So we just thought we'd have a percentages model. We had this very convoluted model where you do this percentage of your income and I'll do this percentage of my income. Then we'll pay these bills and these bills. And it was a mess, honestly. Mindy and Scott, we, mm-hmm. it, we would have been divorced had we stuck with that. So immediately after we got married, we had a destination wedding in Mexico. No dance of joy, yay. Yes. <laughs> so we came home and the roof needed to be repaired actually need to be replaced. There was a storm. So we got hit by that. That was one of our big expenses. There were just a couple of things that just snowballed right away. And it, we were looking at each other. Who's going to pay for this? Right, yeah. exactly. How is this going to happen? Based on our plan that we had before, this was not, not going to work out. So Mr. Wonderful Hero, oh. that's what I call my husband. Uh, he actually...
0: Well, don't you yeah, use like 30% of the roof and he uses 70%? <laughs> exactly. <Is>
3: that- <laughs> exactly. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you know, we need to look at combining our finances and find, and understanding what that would take. Oh, man. So we learned about Dave Ramsey. We got the Total Money Makeover audiobook. book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were married April 26th and our finances were joined by June 1st. We would not have been able to do it without Dave. Honestly, yep. mm.
1: Dave is fabulous. I love Dave. Yeah.
0: What was your kind of like savings rate, and what were you kind of doing with your money after you joined finances? What was your kind of approach there?
1: So when we first got married, neither
3: of us were saving. No. Anything? Well, outside of retirement yeah, accounts. Let me rephrase that. Right. We were both saving in our four hundred and one ks. I was almost debt free, with the exception of with my car note, which I paid off a few months into the marriage. In house. And of course, the mortgage on that initial home. And then Babe had his car loan and some student loans. So we were really more focused on paying off the debt than we were saving at that point. We -hmm. were just very fortunate that we had taken into consideration college. So we both came to the table, one kid each. We're a blended family. Two boys, now 23 and 18, 18, soon to be 19. But we said, are we gonna have a baby? You got to kind of talk about that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, had to, we had to talk about it quickly because we got when we got married, I was thirty six mm-hmm. and already, you know, high risk. So we decided not to. After visiting with some friends who had a small child, <laughs> 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 no, no shade on the kids, but at yeah, that yeah. point in our lives, we realized we just couldn't handle it the same way we would have been had we been yeah. younger.
4: Yeah, so I know, guys, I, I was looking for a, a wife that was going to guarantee me a baby, by the way. So <laughs> that, that changed after I realized I didn't have a tolerance anymore for a break. <laughs> now, 35, you know? It's really uh. key to discuss expectations yeah, yeah, in
1: yeah, your yeah. marriage. That's, is what we was, You know yeah. what? I want to go back to that. It's really key to discuss expectations in your marriage. Yes. How much fun is it to go through a divorce? Zero percent fun. Right. I am assuming I'm not divorced. Uh, but I can just <laughs> imagine that it would really not be awesome. Right. So, you know, you guys said, you said before, You discussed credit reports. That's awesome.
4: We were in our 30s. We felt felt like we had to prepare, you know, and I was already married before. So, and it didn't work out. We were divorced in a year and then in my 20s. Right. And then after that, I was like, I got to do this. I didn't know if I was going to get married again, but I was like, if I do, we got to do this right. So we just, I just got all the information I could and she was with it. And oh,
3: honestly, that was a big help, right? If I got to give you single girls a tip, marry a divorced guy. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 yeah. okay he came with some knowledge
0: you, you guys said you weren't saving but you're you're yeah. paying off debt but that is right. saving right you know that's you're, you're taking a percentage of your earned income and you're not spending it you're right. applying that to build your net worth in this case paying off getting back to zero from right. uh, or at least it's getting some of your debts down to zero what percentage of your income would you say was going towards that uh in some capacity building your net worth or savings or paying down debt so, you mean like the 401k plus paying off the bills? Yeah, and exactly.
3: Then a 529. Oh, oh, so what, and the yeah. oh, so
0: college, show, yeah.
3: So, that's where I was going with oh. the um, having a kid thing. When we decided not to have a child, we decided to take the cost of daycare and put it into a 529, yeah, we really which hard. is about $1,000 a month. Yeah. So, we knew that number was specific. Yeah. So, that $12,000 a year plus we were maxing out our 401ks, yeah. which would 18 each.
4: Yep, eighteen, what eighteen five, right? Yeah, eighteen five. Is so right if we did now. the numbers
3: there. So that's fifty we just grand. We really it up.
4: That's right? fifty
3: grand. Yeah, we never really have. So fifty grand between the four hundred one ks and the five two nine. Maybe that have been 25%, twenty five percent, twenty twenty percent of our income.
4: Yep.
3: Oh, that's saving. That was just savings. That was not paying off the debt. And yeah, then. Yeah. Maybe another thousand a month towards yeah. debt. and
4: everything then yeah so, the rest until of
3: course, we paid that off. So really another twelve thousand, yeah. So maybe twenty five to thirty percent of our income yep. is going towards that. We yeah, we were high income earners.
0: You're high, yeah. You're very very high income earners, and that was allowing you to apply that. So what was the kind of uh, when you were accumulating this debt? Maybe maybe the story starts maybe even before the marriage. How did you kind of accumulate some of this debt that you brought into the marriage in terms of that? You know, since you were earning these high incomes.
3: So honestly, uh, so I was a professional salesperson and I didn't start off uh, very high earning, but I did it for over 20 years. And uh, my debt accumulated from undergraduate. I graduated from college with a few thousand dollars in debt, maybe about 11,000 or so. And then I graduated uh, seven months pregnant. So I mm-hmm. came out of college with our oldest. So immediately acquired debt from you know becoming a single mom. So all the bills that come along with that, you don't get to owe on daycare. They want their money now. (laughs) So once you pay that, then you probably accumulate some debt in other areas like credit cards and the like. Uh, I also built up some credit card debt just from being a college student who wasn't wise enough to turn down the free credit cards. The offers with the candy bars and the T-shirts and things like that. I asked my son, do they still let them do that on campus? And he said, they don't do it as much now. But it was a big thing, you know, 20 years ago when I was in college. So that's where mine came from.
4: And mine, I was, so I was in the Marines. And all the Marines, we loved nice cars and, you know, trying to show off for the ladies. And so we were, I bought a new car. I was running up credit card debt, constantly dating and stuff. Uh, and then I uh, had a son. And I was living in California, too, by the way, that San Diego that was in itself was a killer. And then, and then I, like I said, I had the school loans. I had about what 28,000 yep. in school loans after I got my IT degree. Uh, so just, yeah, all that, the car, the kid, the school loans. And I had never, you know, it's kind of, it's my fault because, you know, just, as soon as I started making any kind of money, then I was, was out spending.
0: I never had any money and I was just excited. and He was making cards. a rain,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so what was that moment where you changed, where you decided to change that pattern of spending and begin paying off the debt? Was that because your income shot up suddenly or was that because you decided to, to go and approach your money differently? Or how, how did that kind of work?
4: Well, so before I met Rishon, uh, what happened was I got divorced. That's what changed. I mm-hmm. got divorced. Everything was in my name. The majority of it was in my name. And so I was in the hole deep, guys, really, really in the hole deep. And I said, man, how am I ever going to... And I was getting denied for everything at that point. I said, something's got to change. So I was, you know, I was really hustling, trying to pay off the, all the separate cards and separate debt or whatever. And I had, I had like several charge offs and all. I just, you know, when I, was, I actually looked back and paid attention to everything, got my credit reports that I had never done before. Got all three, you know, from like report dot com and all that, and then after that, I, that's when I realized I, I gotta, man, I gotta make a change and get myself together. And then, in the midst of it, then I met her. So,
0: okay, so you you you'd already made the shift to begin paying all these debts down. I assume right. rebuilding credit score. Dave Ramsey's mixed in there somehow. I, yeah. I imagine Until I met her. I, again, oh, but. then then it, okay, and yeah. then is there an acceleration point once you guys yes. meet and you get yes. working towards it? Okay, yes, and that's spurred by Dave Ramsey to some degree, or or alignment on that kind of thinking, or how does that kind of work?
3: So we both came, like I said, we both came to the table, a spender and a saver. I'm, I'm pointing. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, I'd already discovered just as a single mom, you know, debt wasn't going to be acceptable as far as being able to manage our lifestyle just for me and my son. I relocated from Chicago to Dallas, which gave us a much lower cost of living. That was a big help as far, from on my side of things as far as getting my stuff paid off sooner. Mm-hmm. He relocated oh, yeah. from Virginia, Virginia. to yeah. Dallas. So neither one of us are Texas natives. And once we met and had, and had to combine our own money, that's when Dave Ramsey kicked in and we had a bigger plan. We understood mm-hmm. that there was a bigger picture beyond just managing day-to-day balances.
0: Okay. Did you, kinda, did you cut back on like going out or anything like that? Or did you change any of your lifestyle besides that move? Or was that, does that move to Dallas kind of the big catalyst there? What are some ways you kind of cut back on spending in order to increase that savings rate, I guess.
4: I was really amped up when I first started listening to the audiobook and we were like really on board and we, and we still went out and stuff. We just, we just kind of made sure we watched everything we did and we kind of, you know, said, Oh, okay, we'll go out like twice a month or whatever. And we'll use the bulk of our money to pay down whatever bill we started. We had a whole list of them. We started out with, this, you know, small cards and kind of went, you know, and just to get a couple wins, like he says, a couple wins and pay off a card that's like, I don't know, 500 bucks. And then eventually build up to the, you know, the bigger bills. And uh, we just kind of did that way. And we kind of held back on to spending. Yeah.
3: So we actually Randomly, created right? a budget.
4: Yeah, yeah, we did. We, did create we
3: actually created mm-hmm. a budget after going through Day Rams' Total Money Makeover. And we got together every month. To talk about the budget. And we
0: still do. And Mm -hmm. then we
3: got together every quarter to talk about bonuses. Being as professional salespersons, I received quarterly bonuses, which is why it seemed as though we didn't spend at, you know, while we had a smaller percentage because the quarterly bonuses, you never knew what they were going to be. Yep. Right. And so we were able to purchase our cars and cash and things like that you know, once we realized that we didn't want to have long-term debt, but all of that came from starting with the budget and creating a plan to pay off the debt we had over a period of time.
0: Got it. So how long did it take you to pay off all that debt? Mm.
3: So we paid off the student, were your student loans the last thing we paid off before we paid off the house? We just yeah. paid off the house this year, but the last debt yeah, we paid we didn't off have any real, you for know. your student loans, and yeah. were we in this house at that time?
4: When we've had student loans?
3: Yeah, or was it before Uh, we got here? I
4: think that
3: was before. So four years. Mm -hmm. Four years to pay off all the debt. And at that time, we're still saving in our retirement. We're still saving in the 529s. Yeah.
0: Got
1: it. You've mentioned 529 a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? So there are two
3: vehicles for college savings. Uh, One of which, and the 529, there's no limit on how much you can invest in it. So we chose the 529 college savings because it's not only was it limitless as far as what we could put in, it could also be reassigned to any family member. So once the oldest one's done and, and, and he is, he just graduated, we can now assign the funds in that 529 to our youngest to use when he's ready to go to college. And we also get a tax write-off, depending, of course, on your income and whether or not you qualify for that, but you get a, um, a tax deduction for that as well.
0: Awesome. Once you started paying off these debts, what was your kind of investment philosophy? How were you applying the funds that you were saving then?
3: So we were focused on paying off our first home because we were on Dave's plan. But Rob had the vision of being a real estate mogul. (laughs) (laughs) That was his vision. Listen to those bigger pocket guys. Yeah. He was listening (laughs) to Bigger Pockets long before I knew who bigger pockets was. Like five years.
4: (laughs) And
3: so he wanted to be a real estate mogul. And I thought, well, let's, you know, worry about this house. Well, we'd gone out to start looking for a real estate investment, right? We were going to use our emergency fund. <laughs> we'd actually accumulated six months in our emergency fund, Oh yeah, six months expenses. And now it was, uh, it was time to go shop for a rental property. <laughs> and that's not how Dave advises it. <laughs> but this is what we decided yeah. to do. We paid off our mortgage to the point where it was only 70000 left on the primary residence that we had at the time own. Oh, we yeah. went shopping for a new place and Interest rates were down, but the prices had started to go up in our market.
4: That's when the interest rates were like 3%, guys. Yeah, so. So, the, what year is this? What year? That was 2013. 2013. 2013. We were looking into it like when it first, you know, when the market crashed and everybody was terrified, 2009, 2010. And we waited, and then as it started kind of rising back up, we were like, oh, we got to get in, you know, several yeah. houses. No, when were, he says yeah. we were
3: looking at it in 2010, he means he <laughs> was looking at it in 2010. Let's <laughs> be clear, about it. Yeah. I was not yet on board with this dish. Well, like, there's four houses
4: that are per- <laughs> foreclosed. On our block, and yeah. I said, and I
3: said,
4: uh huh, of people. I was, like, I said, uh-huh, yeah. Look, like, what's his name? What's his name? Um, Buffett says jump on it when there's blood in the streets and that's when I saw blood in the streets, guys.
3: Yeah. And and, and what I saw was uh fear. And, like, no so, in, so in twenty thirteen, we went out to look and prices had gone up in the market. And I said, Oh wow, these prices have gone up so much. Maybe what we need to do is actually look for our next primary residence instead. Based on what I see with these interest rates, we could do a we could get a great rate on a bigger house and you know get the nicer home. Because we he when we got married He moved into the home that I already owned, which initially he wasn't comfortable with the idea, but we paid to have. Oh, that's one of the things we did. We upgraded the home. We had it freshly painted, we purged the closets, we did the kitchen and the baths, all that to try to make the existing house seem new, right? Mm. For couples who are making that decision as to whether or not they should buy a house when they get married, we just upgraded the one we had and we stayed there for Mm. four years. Went out and looked and found our new house, the house that we just paid off. Now we found the house and we turned our first primary residence into our first rental. And that's how we got into the real estate thing. That was the beginning of our real estate investing.
0: Okay. Let's dive into that. So when you decided to keep that first home as a rental, what did that look like? Did you do anything special to do that? Did you analyze it as if, you, as if you're purchasing a rental property, just kind of just stick a tenant in there?
3: So, honestly, it was a dream because we had just done all those upgrades yeah. two years prior. Well, at least we got to live in there with some of the upgrades, right? A lot of times mm-hmm. when people get their house ready to become a rental, they do all this fixing up and then they move out of it. So, we got to appreciate it for a couple years. Yeah. The market was really good for tenants in that space. We lived in, it was a Class A neighborhood. The elementary and middle school are walking distance. Um, our son walked to both of those. And then he ran cross country. So he kind of jogged to high school when he was late for the bus. So it was a great location, right? You want you a great school, great public school system and all that good stuff. So we just found a property manager and put it out there. We only owed 50% of the mortgage at that time. Yeah. So it was cash flowing like crazy. It was like
4: 70000 yeah, yeah. It was like one fifty when she bought it.
3: Down and to seventy thousand. We on it
4: for ten years, right? Yeah. So five years with her, and then when I moved in, five more years. Yeah. And then it was down to seventy, <laughs> and we refinanced it and at like what three percent, right?
3: With a the VA refinance package. So, yeah. being that we're both veterans, uh, there at the time there was a refinance package with uh, no closing costs.
0: That's awesome. So this is awesome. This is a huge leverage point. So mm-hmm. you, It sounds like at this point you hadn't accumulated a lot of liquidity with which to invest, right? Nope. So no. you take your house, which you've been building liquidity on, you mm-hmm. fix it up, you reappraise it at a higher valuation, mm-hmm. you cash out refi, and now you have a, t- a chunk of change that you can go out and invest. Or I don't, we're gonna actually, actually we, didn't, we didn't cash out, Scott. You didn't yeah, cash out. Oh.
3: Yeah. We refi that to 70 grand yep. and we just took the higher cash flow yeah I see we didn't know about cash out refi. But. yeah
0: we got yeah. it <laughs> yeah I, either way though the point the point here is though you turned a significant chunk of your net worth into an income producing asset right which Absolutely. is now capable of sustaining more um, financial freedom
3: right in yes. a
0: certain extent in a certain extent, and a lot of people are unwilling to do that, right, but that's a kind of a i think a major step if you're thinking about doing this, you know and you're well into your career and you've got a house redeploying that equity mm mm-hmm. You know, I usually think that a house doesn't really count toward financial freedom unless you're willing to do what you guys did yeah. and right. kind of go into that. Yeah. So what happens next?
3: So we took, so, so like I said, that house was cash flowing like crazy. Once yeah. we refied it at a 15 year with a 3% interest rate, yeah. it was only $70,000 and the house rented for a 1600 a month. Yeah. So we got, we got great cash flow. And what we did was we kind of reinvested that in the real estate account. So that we would have money that would build up for repairs and things like that if we needed it. And also, then we move, we purchase our new primary residence,
4: which I didn't want to do by the way, because <laughs> <laughs> that was double the price, you know, three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right? But it, I it, wanted to stick at the one hundred and fifty and just get a small these small rentals, right? But it worked out.
3: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't want to, but <laughs> Newer
4: house, it was, you
3: know, he was down with making me happy is what it really boiled down to. So we purchased our larger home at a, on a, another 15 year mortgage. Is Lo- your current home? Mm-hmm. Yes. The home we are right now, uh lower interest rate, 2.85%. Right? Yep. yep. Something that like that. God. And wow. then we did 10% down, did 10% down and we just decided it was time to buy our next rental. So we moved into this house in 2013 and then the same year did we do we buy another rental or did we wait to 2014?
4: I think it was next year.
3: We bought another rental maybe the next year because we yes, because we kept it our primary in 2014 we went shopping for another rental. Over that period of time after we purchased this home and between purchasing our next rental, we Replenished our quote unquote emergency fund. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time the emergency fund reached six months, we were out to go for, shop yeah, for, a new, go for a new for a new real property. Yeah, you using the term real estate
0: fund and emergency fund very interchangeably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: they are. They for us they were interchangeable. Yeah. Especially so, twenty percent down was the requirement for single family homes that we were purchasing Once at the time. Covering, yes. Right, and we were looking for houses that were at one hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. Right, so we needed thirty grand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would save this money, go go shopping for the next rental.
4: Yeah, we were amped after that first right. one.
3: And we were <laughs> able to do that successfully four times before yeah. the market changed.
4: Yes, in our area. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah, the market changed, the prices went up, and I was like, babe, it's time to get your real estate license. Yeah. We were paying too much money in realtor fees and everything else, but based on our goal.
4: Now, what you said was, you know what? it'd be great if one of us got our license. (laughs) You know what that means, (laughs) right?
1: One of us that isn't me.
4: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, Scott, you sold... A, oh, uh, maybe,
4: maybe Mindy knows. Yes. Scott's not
1: married, right? Right, but, well, <laughs> but Mindy's
3: a realtor. And Scott was in sales, right? You spent some time in sales before you came. So you yep. know, if you're a professional salesperson, you got your hands full with everything you're doing for in your corporate gig. Yeah. There really isn't a lot of time to go out and sell something else on the side. So,
0: Well, well Rob, was your profession performance-based? No, no, no.
4: I was an IT guy for the hospital. Okay. My schedule was pretty set. So I've been doing it for a long time. So
0: yeah. So I, I think that is an important point, right? Is if your work is performance based and there's just total upside, then you can theoretically pour in lots of extra work and that's right. gonna reward you. But if you're just like earning a straight salary and the next raise is gonna be 10% next year versus 7%, depending on your performance, then right. that is just simply not as effective way lever to pull and you know, putting in all that extra effort. You know, oh, I think my parents would be mortified to hear me saying this. A little bit of extra salary, you know, boost makes you a little bit. It just isn't going to drive you towards your goal of financial freedom anytime soon. And that's why I got the, you know, I
4: I studied at home and Mm -hmm. got the books and got my license. Yeah. So. Yeah, one out. of us should get your,
3: get our license. <laughs> That's what we deduce too, Scott. I was like, hey, if I kill it this year, we can bring home a big check. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right? I love how you're saying we.
3: <laughs> 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 it, it is all we. It goes into the same account.
4: So people, yeah.
3: Yeah. So he was at this time already listening to Bigger pockets and was pushing me to listen to it but I was struggling even though we were already investing in real estate I was struggling to listen to the podcast because my day I work for some really great companies and which is why we were so fortunate to have the incomes that we had but with those incomes they're very demanding yep. so you're giving blood sweat and tears to these jobs in order to accomplish your goals and if you I've been a salesperson for over 20 years so I am driven to be successful and which means that I just had very little downtime or time to myself in order to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I went through a company transition. I left one company, and moved to another in 2017. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found the time to listen to bigger pockets. I was in a hotel the night before I had client meetings and I said, let me listen to this podcast. My husband keeps talking about and I started to text him, oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. We can do this stuff. This cash out, <laughs> refi thing, if you <laughs> heard about that
4: this. Illegal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we could so amp up our real estate business if yeah. we started to, in, you know, look at some of these principles yeah. and kind of from there, everything changed. Like I said, we'd already been investing for four years at that point and it still made a huge difference. So how many rentals do you have now? So as part of the strategy we've learned from Bigger Pockets and Brandon and Josh and you guys, we actually converted one of our single family homes to a, we did a 1031 exchange and converted it to a small six unit multi-family out of state. Awesome. Ooh. Yeah. So we completed that. So we, we were, we recognized that we needed to Focus on the number of doors versus the number of units. Yes. Um, that was a change in so strategy. Have, what, five made. First. We have four in our primary residence. Oh, yeah, four, yeah. Four. yeah, we have four in our primary residence. We sold one and went to this tent, did the 1031
4: exchange. 1031
3: exchange and did a six unit uh, out of state. Then we did a cash out refi on. Our first property, which at, this point was, first yeah. which at this point was paid off.
0: Yeah. This is a single family home. Yes. That you guys lived in previously.
3: Yes. yes. It has gone up in value significantly. It has appreciated. Yes. We did a cash out refi for the original 150 and paid off our current residence. Yeah. <laughs> no, I Not know. everyone
4: would agree. We know. <laughs> we know. We know.
3: <laughs> but they're like, you can use that money to buy more properties. But we just wanted the opportunity to go down the entrepreneur route without yeah. the stress of having our primary mortgage.
0: So that's really interesting. So you guys, in your mind, separate debt on your primary residence versus in your rental properties. Yes. And you chose, you chose to pay off your primary residence and treat the other one like an investment, right? That's fascinating to me.
3: Well, our rental properties have never been vacant outside of a month, maybe two on that first property. So we have been very fortunate. We have a fund to cover vacancies if we need it. We have we do have that money in a, in an account, but they cash well and they pay for a property manager yeah, and really good
4: areas. Really good. We, areas.
3: the mortgages always paid
4: right next to schools. No, but they're never empty. So, yeah.
3: So since we haven't had any of those issues, we thought, well, we don't have to worry about those as much as we do our own residents. Right.
4: It's like it's the biggest liability, you know, and we were just like coming out of pocket with that big chunk of money every month. We were like, ah, oh, man,
3: you know,
0: <laughs> but now you're, you're still coming out with that same amount of money, just it's coming out of the rental, it's coming out of the business now.
3: Yes, it's coming out of a business account. Right.
0: Okay, I see.
5: Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at DealMachine.com slash
0: BP. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet.
1: Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products.
0: Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash,
1: As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply. Listen up, business owners. Here's some quick math. Fewer costs equals more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Don't let rising costs sink your business's growth. By popular demand. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com bpmoney. That's netsuite.com bpmoney. netsuite.com
2: bpmoney. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. short-term or multifamily portfolio steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today.
1: Okay. So, well, there's this huge argument on BiggerPockets, the website, biggerpockets.com. About should I pay off my mortgage or should I not? I am in the, should I not pay off my mortgage because I have such a low interest rate? Uh-huh. But I can sleep at night with having this mortgage. I, I mean my mortgage is 1100 hundred a month because I bought this cheap house that I then fixed up and made big. But you know, I think it's really important to point out that you guys are approaching this in a systematic way. It doesn't sound like you're over leveraging yourself even on the rental properties. No. No. your mortgage or I'm sorry, your rent coming in, more than pays all the expenses and the mortgage of the property. And I think that's really important to point out because a lot of people will hear this kind of story and say, oh, I can just mortgage myself to the hilt. Well, what Uh -uh. happens if that school burns down or whatever, you know, and now nobody wants to live in your area and you're stuck with all these mortgages. It sounds like you can still foot those bills for a long time before you would have to, you know, really scramble. And I think that that's really important to point out that, you know, you're doing this Intentionally, and look—if you want to pay off your mortgage, if that helps you sleep at night, if that helps you pursue entrepreneurship, yes, then go for it. Anybody who tells you different is wrong. You tell them I said so.
0: <laughs> so, how how much cash flow is your portfolio producing? Is it enough to live off of at this point?
3: No, it's not <laughs> enough to live off of. Our mortgage for this primary residence was twenty six hundred dollars a month because we had a 15-year mortgage on a $300,000 home. Yep. So that's okay. $2,600 less that we have to worry about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> covering each month. Right. That's what I meant.
3: And we yeah. call it cash flow.
0: <laughs> 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 no, I think I think that's great. I think that's great. And that's coming out now, and you refinanced, I assume, with a 30-year mortgage so that had a lesser effect on your cash flow from your rental, or is that also correct. 15? Okay. 30. Yeah, The move was designed to create to free up a lot of cash flow. Yes, yes. right? And you guys are now leveraging that cash flow to make a lifestyle change, right? You've yes, left right. your jobs, right? right. Yes. So can you walk us through that process? Why, how'd you feel comfortable with that? Was that a combination of cash flows, savings and low expenses or?
3: Yes. So all of that, <laughs> yeah. so after over 20 years of being in sales, you can certainly get burnt out. If you've done it for any amount of time, I know people who only hung, who've hung in there for five years or less before they made career changes, if they started out in sales. So after over 20 years, I wanted a career change, but I did not want it to impact our family's lifestyle to the extent that we have to leave our home or sell our home. That's always possible. There are people in the fire movement that are, you know, selling everything. We weren't at that point in our 40s. We we're comfortable where we are and wanted to be able to stay where we are, but still the change. So paying off the house allowed us to do that. So... As a travel agent, you actually don't make any money until after the person takes a trip. Mm. Suggest a hint. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to become a travel agent. There's no upfront money.
0: Makes it sound like it's hard to get in and then hard to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
3: So I mean, I enjoy doing it. I have an opportunity to help people, you know, plan their the the vacations of their dreams. I get a lot of travel perks, and we like to travel. So that was a big. That was a big driver. Right. That was a big driver for us. What we looked at was, you know, what are we working for now that the oldest one is out of college and the youngest one is still trying to figure out what he wants to do? So now, why would I stay? in this job that's very stressful, physically, you know, stress-wise, taxing? Why would I stay now? What is the motivation to stay? And that was it. Once we figured out that we could get our bills low, because the rest of our bills are about $500 a month. It's
4: real
0: next to nothing. Yeah.
3: We haven't had car notes in eight years.
0: You spend 500. So wait, hold on. Your total expenses to fund your lifestyle are what?
3: No, uh, that's for our household expenses.
2: Oh, household! For our, okay.
3: for our utility bills and mm-hmm. car insurance and things of that nature, it's about five hundred a month. And then, mm-hmm. if you look at our grocery bill and restaurant, it, is a big, <laughs> are the big the biggest expenses. That's the biggest
0: things now. Right. right yeah. so,
3: you but know. you can
0: do that because you live almost for free, right? And yeah. you get around almost for free. Yeah. Right. That's right. So okay. that's
3: probably between groceries and eating out. We're still between three and four hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, there are plenty of people who do it for less
0: funny, people what? do it for more.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's $800 a month. Are your living expenses? Like
4: 1000 right? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's $12,000 a year. Yes.
4: <laughs> this is brand new to us, though, guys. This is yeah. just this year, right? So, but we've been calculating, like, what? I mean, why it changed from here to here? So, um, yeah,
3: it doesn't include any vacation or anything. Right. And, like and that's that. what we're
4: working on now. Any yeah. travel.
3: That's just, just to live. If we didn't go anywhere, that's what it would cost yes. us to stay yes. here. Yeah.
1: Well, but I think that's important. Travel is extra. If something happens, you know, catastrophic, you could work at, what, Starbucks and health insurance and pay all your bills. I mean, maybe you don't get a lot of travel out of it, but you can still pay... All your bills, I love that your expenses are less than $1,000 a month.
3: No, and let me add something to that because there's somebody from Texas who's going to listen to this and go, they have high property taxes. And yes, we do. We do. Our property taxes That's are about $8,000 a year. So add that $8,000 so really to the nice $12,000, we're oh, okay. more like
0: $20,000. We'll it's about $2,000 a month in expenses, which, yes. which does seem like a like a minimum threshold that, yeah, you can relate to. Like, and I said, what you probably need to do to live a baseline there, and it sounds like you guys are able to do that very happily.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: we are now. We're, okay, now we're looking
1: at the fun stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying that because, yeah. yes, if you have not. Somebody would have called you out on that, yes. so thank you for addressing that in advance. I can't promise that nobody's gonna call you out anyway. <laughs> um, so, do you consider yourself financially dependent? Where are you on the FI path in your mind? Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah. So we have the, the for us, it
3: was just the the ability to leave our corporate jobs to pursue the careers that we wanted. Right? I've always wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. Yeah. But once you've earned a certain income, you have lifestyle creep and you build a lifestyle around that income mm-hmm. it makes it very difficult to pull out and now start and end it entrepreneurially and make nothing. So, the real estate investments we've made and the, the properties that we've sold even have, have helped us tremendously. And so, you asked us earlier what we have left and what we have now in real estate investments. We have two single families and a six unit apartment complex. So, we're at eight doors. We went from four doors to eight doors in one year. Ooh,
0: awesome.
1: That was awesome, right? That's Nicole it. The goal is 15. Yeah. yeah. His, his. The goal is 15. I, you know what? I like the modest goal because they're on the real estate podcast, I have co-hosted or guest hosted, I guess is the right way to say that, a couple of times. And on the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Investing Podcast, which is available wherever podcasts are, <laughs> uh, people there seem to have this, most people have this like giant goal. Yes. I want to own a thousand doors. I don't want to own a thousand no. doors. No. I think 10 sounds great. 15, yeah. totally doable. You're not going to go... Crazy, unless you get terrible tenants, you're not going to go crazy with 15 doors. Whereas right. a thousand doors just like seems so overwhelming. And I think a lot of people who hear that who maybe aren't just so crazy about real estate like all of us are, yeah, might be like, oh, forget it. I can't do real estate if I don't have a thousand doors and I don't want a thousand doors. You can do real estate with one door. You can do real estate right now. You guys have eight doors and it allows you to live the life that you want.
4: Right. Yes. And, and in the meantime, I'm still a real estate agent. So, that's still pretty decent money.
1: Yeah, that's not. Are you an act? You're an active agent. That's like you do that with other people.
4: Yeah, so I was working in IT and I went to the hospital and I was selling houses to the nurses. So <laughs> uh, by mistake, <laughs>
3: <laughs> not by mistake. He, he so talks now, about real estate to everyone. I, I, do, I do. Anybody who will listen, he is telling I mean, the real estate. Especially story. if they
4: want to be an investor. I mean, so I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I am your investor real estate agent. They're like, wait a minute, have you invested? Well, as a matter of fact, I have, I have this amount of houses. (laughs) What? You must be rich. No, I'm not rich, but I can help you get there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You
1: would never believe he had
3: never sold anything before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, With that kind of lines, when I was reading over your uh, bio, I thought he was the salesperson. That's funny.
0: So, so to, kind of, to kind of recap your whole story here, it sounds like you start off in this position of debt and then the big fundamental thing is you have a budget and you start sticking to that budget and applying everything in a systematic way that is growing net worth. You don't call it saving, but it is saving. You're contributing to your 401k, you're maxing out your uh, 529 plan, you're paying off debt, right? You get to zero and then you redeploy your biggest asset, which is the home equity, right? And yes. turn that into an investment property. Now it's producing cash flow. Right. You buy another house, but you continue with that savings rate. And then you use that to buy more and more real estate. And within a couple of short years, you now have all of this flexibility and freedom with your jobs and can kind of go around the world, live whatever you want, do uh, take a, uh, the real estate agent job and start this entrepreneurial journey because yes. of these kind of few simple levers that you've tweaked in your financial position.
3: We couldn't believe it. We yep. couldn't yep. believe that it was possible. Yep.
0: Until yeah. Podcasting. What's not repeatable? What part of that, like, suppose I'm suppose I'm listening to this and I'm earning a good income and I'm in your, starting your position. Why couldn't I do what you've done?
1: You know what? I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to answer or make a comment at okay. least and say, you know, as I was listening to their story, I'm like, this isn't rocket science. No. This isn't, you know, some crazy set of circumstances that will never happen again. This is so, you know, easy isn't the right word. I know but there's doable. How about totally doable? Yeah, it's worth There's it. People who have like crippling medical debt and you know made really bad decisions their whole life and whatever, but this isn't that hard. It just
4: to takes do. discipline, guys. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It, just
1: it just takes discipline. That is an excellent quote. I would say, in teamwork.
3: Uh, yes. If we hadn't both been on board, it would have made it a yes, lot more difficult. Because we
4: know people, <laughs> and yeah. you know, it's hard Same. sometimes to get both people on board.
0: Well, I I will also say I, I've picked up that you guys have had some disagreements about how you want to kind of approach some of the the major decisions, like yeah, you know, paying better. off the home or whatever. And what you've done, I think that's really really great. Is you said, hey, I'm going to back off my position and I'm going to go and do what you want and do what You know, the other side wants, and that you know, hey, maybe there's different ways you could have gone about it, but that's what worked for you guys, and that's that's gotten the result, and it's within a, a five year
3: period, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're married. If there are married people without disagreements, they don't even like each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have some fire in the relationship. Yeah, if yeah. there are no disagreements, they're on the road to divorce. And the truth is, <laughs> right, you know, the first,
4: the very first one uh, we, I, you probably picked up on was I didn't want to buy the $300,000 house and move into it. But, you know, I was thinking in the back of my mind, I'm still going to get a rental out of this because if, if this doesn't, if I don't agree to this, then we're not going to move if we don't move, then I'm not going to get my first rental. And she's not going to see how great this whole situation it is. It was a win-win. So, it's it's going right. to be all right.
0: Love it. Anything else we should ask you about your your journey or any other topics you want to cover before we move on to the Famous Four?
4: Uh, well, what are we going to do next, right?
3: Yeah.
4: Yes. You want to What's so, next? Right now, we decided we're going to take a sabbatical and we're going to take a year off. So we quit our day jobs. Rashawn, she's still going to do... The travel agency thing, because you can do it anywhere. Location independent. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pause on the real estate because I won't be able to do it while I'm here. We are going to, we're going to Argentina and then we're going to, we're going to travel a few months, come back home for a couple of weeks and try, we're going to just travel and then we're going to do it and hit all the different continents for the whole year of 2019.
0: Well, do you know anybody that can help you plan those kinds of trips?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think there's one, two, five. <laughs> 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 I am too. So.
3: Travel perks, travel yeah.
0: perks. That's awesome. That I sounds fantastic. For all year, yep. Yeah.
3: That's
0: the ultimate travel hack: is is spend twenty years get, learning all the ins and outs. Yeah, Systematic, becoming a
1: travel right? agent. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we knew what we were doing when she when she got into that. So yeah. we're like, wait a minute.
1: So a few weeks ago on episode fifty five we interviewed Christy and Bryce from Millennial Revolution and I actually had a chance to meet them in person a few months ago or in October I guess and they said I asked them how do you deal with all these different languages because you and you can't speak everything and she said we use Duolingo yes I use (laughs) it fabulous I'm learning that right now. Yeah, it is fabulous for learning, you know, the key phrases for travel and, you know, do you speak English in whatever language they have? (laughs) So I wanted to give you that tip, but you already know it. So never mind.
0: And, <laughs> and they had some great tips as well for health insurance, which if you're going to be oh, traveling in other countries, you may find a lot of that to be very surprisingly, like like a very pleasant surprise on how to handle that and the costs of all that kind of stuff.
1: Okay, we're um, gonna have to go back and listen to episode fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. You can find that at biggerpockets.com/slash/moneyshow55. Cool. Yeah. All right.
0: Apparently, apparently, health insurance is a huge deal if you're trying to earn a huge income and leave. But if you don't have a high income. There's a mm-hmm. lot of really good options. And then if you want to travel the world, man, they were getting away with murder on that. There was honestly yeah. that we, yeah. what we
3: yeah. have discovered is the less money you make, the better deal you get on health yep, insurance. We're going to for do sure. that right
4: now. We're trying yep. to figure out what we're going to do as far as that after leaving corporate right now.
3: Yeah. We've had to make, so we, we have there. to pay more now, but we'll pay less
1: later because our income Next will year. go down so much in 2019. Yep. Well, once you're traveling, if you, they have this plan that'll cover you. If you're in the United States less than six months, uh, yeah. you can get a plan for the United States. If you're going to be, you know, all over the, and I think they were paying something like $20 a month oh, for, wow. for their insurance outside of the U.S. Wow. So yeah, definitely go back and give that episode a listen. Yeah. Okay. Lots of travel tips in there. Definitely have to check it out. Okay, it is now time for the famous four questions. These are the same four questions and one command that we ask of all of our guests. What is your favorite finance book? And you guys can each answer separately.
4: Ooh, okay. I've so many. You can we go first? <laughs> no. <laughs> favorite finance
1: book. I got
3: it. Yeah, I don't, I
4: don't. Set for Life by Scott Trent. Yeah, I love that book. The plug, yeah.
3: <laughs> we, we actually have, our, we gave that one to our 23-year-old. Yep.
1: Yeah,
4: oh. he's, he's reading it right he's now.
3: That one right well, thank now. you. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> went um, to your 18-year-old too. Right? Yeah, it, yeah. So we've actually told everybody about Dave Ramsey's total money makeover. We've given that one away actually in the audiobook. We think that's a great place to start. <laughs> if you're in the beginning, uh, love the millionaire the millionaire next door or and, yep. and the millionaire I, real estate investor? I, I thought we only get one. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <yes>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you read a lot of books. Those when are all
0: great books. Yeah. When you're
3: when you're researching financial independence, we've gone through quite a few books. Yeah, we did, yeah.
4: every month we had Audible. So, um, yeah, if I had to choose one, wow, it would probably be the Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Nice. That, that one that one lit a fire under me so uh, years ago. So love it.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent one. That's yeah, by yeah, you're uh, in my top no, three
4: though.
0: All right, I'll take <laughs> seriously, it seriously, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, well, what was your biggest money mistake? Ooh. I know mine. Go for it. Mine
4: was blowing my GI Bill money on living expenses. Mm. Instead of paying for college out of the military, they were sending me cash money, a check, right? Which I think is a bad idea personally. But as that money came in, I didn't use it on my actual school expenses. I just used it for living in San Diego because it was so expensive to live there. I out. Should, should, <laughs> yeah, I should have, I should have lived more modest and then paid off the debt and I'd have been done. I'd have been, I'd have been doing this way ahead of the game, at least five or 10 years ahead of the game. But, mm. and that's why if I could go back and tell my young self, don't do it, man. Just <laughs> start saving immediately and start investing immediately.
0: So. And five, five or 10 years. Yep. Wow. You
1: know what? That's, that's something we haven't really covered yet on this show, Scott, is the opportunity cost concept and
4: at least five. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was living large in San Diego worth five years?
3: <sighs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not she ranting on your face, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we turned off the video it, for ourselves. It salad. was
4: good. It was good. But now that I'm older and I'm 43, I would give it up. I would because I believe, I think, uh, in the end, my opinion, in the end, all the fun stuff come. The earlier you get done with this and the earlier you're out of debt and the earlier you invest, the more fun you can have earlier. Like our kids think we're super young. They're like, you guys are way too young to be traveling the world and doing this in, in your 40s, right? And I imagine if we could have did it in our 30s, right?
3: Our son's best friend told us that we were going through a midlife crisis. <laughs>
4: they, think, they think, everybody thinks we're crazy. Right? Everybody's used to the status quo, right? Go to work, right. work, 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 work till you're 60-something and then, you know. But no, 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 no. So, uh,
3: So biggest money mistake, trying to get us back on track. Sorry, guys. Uh, biggest money mistake for me, I'm sure was the credit cards in college. Becoming a mom early helped me to avoid a lot of money mistakes, honestly. Mm. So, you know, people advise you not to become a young parent. Outside of getting married to my husband, becoming my son's mom, single best decision I have ever, ever made.
1: Gosh. Ugh. I know. I'm a mom. Scott, you need to have kids. So,
3: so, whatever foolish mistakes I would have made were cut off quickly because of now I'm somebody's mom.
5: Mm.
3: So, not only did I have to get my life together financially, You've got to do everything different when you become somebody's mom if you want to do it right. Mm -hmm. So, credit cards, worst mistake, mom
1: thing, best thing ever done. Awesome. What is your best piece of advice for people who are just starting out?
4: Stop creating debt immediately, don't spend anything. Pay off the stuff that you have and try to save so you can invest. That's just my, my opinion. Love it. The earlier you invest, the better your life will be sooner.
3: Research, be open to learning something new. The sales environment is full of type A personalities, right? And that means oftentimes you're probably not the most open to learning new things, which is why it may have taken me a little time to uh, listening to the podcast. So the biggest lesson I've learned is just be open to learning new things and receiving new information because without all of the testimonials that were shared via podcasts, like, um, bigger pockets, journey to launch, uh, Paula pants, afford anything without all of the people who were willing to share with us via those vehicles, we would certainly not have had the courage to explore and to get to where we are today much faster than what we'd originally true. planned.
0: Love it. Yeah. We, we didn't really cover that a ton today, but it sounds like that was a very integral part of your journey as well. Was just the relentless consumption of information, or at least to became yes. a part of your journey. And that, yes. you know, we hear that every single time from yeah. every single story, there's no change, right? It's always the change and the rapid acceleration toward financial freedom or a significant financial result always comes from that relentless accumulation of, of knowledge.
3: Yeah. That's how we came up with Learn, Hustle, Grow. Because yep. yep. essentially, that's what we were doing, accumulating as much information and knowledge as we could from the vehicles that were available.
4: Yep. Can't believe this stuff is free, man. I yep. mean, it's like, it's an amazing gift from God. <laughs>
0: but, but feel free to send us a check. That's No, It's all free.
1: All right,
0: well, what's your favorite joke to tell at parties?
1: Oh, man, no. So
3: uh, we don't have jokes, but um we are observers. <laughs> so we, if we, if we have something funny to say, it's an observation that we've made about the about the environment and maybe some of the people in it. So probably not good to ask us about jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: okay, I have a joke. Yes. Rob, do Give you us have a joke? A joke. I, don't. I don't. Okay. How many apples grow on a tree? I don't know. How uh, many? Hundreds. All of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? No. Great food, no atmosphere. Oh, Mindy, Mindy with the jokes today. I love it. <laughs> I was gonna
3: say I think I, I've <laughs> to this before. I usually stop at all the jokes. You're doing yeah, you're
1: great <laughs> <food>. <laughs> Okay. Hey, keep going. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Want to hear a joke about paper? Yes. Sure. Never mind. It's terrible. Oh, <laughs> that was good. Oh, oh, I, I love care. it.
0: <laughs> I have a pointless pencil joke, but we'll tell that some other time.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> pointless pencil. <That's
4: a> <laughs>
1: okay. Now it's time for the command. Tell us where people can find out more about you. So we have a blog, learnhustlegrow.com. They can also
3: follow us on Instagram at learnhustlegrow. And we are in the process of starting a YouTube channel. So we haven't gotten it launched yet, but we're working on
4: it. Even though we hate being on video. (laughs) Uh,
1: Learnhustlegrow.com and learnhustlegrow on Instagram. Rishon and Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time and I hope you have a lovely trip to Argentina and the other five continents. Rest of the world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us on.
0: Finger. All right. That was Rishon and Rob from Learn Hustle Grow.
1: Mindy, what'd you think? Oh, I love their story. I love that their story is not exciting. It's not, you know, ooh, and then I won the lottery, and then I got a zebra, and then I got like they don't have all that. What they have is this, I don't want to say boring because it's definitely not boring. They have real estate rentals and it's I love real estate and it's exciting, but they have a very clear path to their financial independence and it is pay off my debt save some money save some more money become financially independent oh and invest yep. there's invest in there too but I mean it's not hard
0: no I, I agree and you know I yeah I'm a bit of a video gamer. Right, so if anyone out there is a plays video games, they'll relate to this. But in, in some of these games, you you need to like maximize your guy. You know, you get really get really powerful and do everything every single thing perfectly, and then go out and kind of figure things out, right? And and, and the term for there is, is called mid maxing, right? And. That's what a lot of people we hear about on the show here do. They, they'll literally just go all out, cut everything out, and then invest in the most optimal way that they possibly can with a few very minor variations on it and go after it. Right? And they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They made solid decisions one after the other. They made trade-offs based on what the other partner wanted with uh, in, in terms of what they want in their life. And they got there and they're in a golden situation and extremely happy. And it didn't really make that big a difference because they got the few big things right with their housing choice, with saving their income, and with focusing on producing some sustainable cash flow. You know, like why do we make it so much harder than it has to be with all these, some of these other episodes? I don't know. You know, I, I love, I love every, I talk about it every time, but man, the, their path just, again, seems so repeatable for so many people.
1: Yeah, it's not rocket science. And you know what? I like what you said. I like that you brought up the fact that they had compromises. If you go into a marriage thinking, I'm going to get my way all the time, you are so wrong. It's just not how that works. And they talked about money, which is huge. They talked about money before they got married. They make mutually beneficial decisions and you know they talk about their money. Did you hear them say that they have a money date every month? Still, even after they've got all their finances fixed. I mean, it's so repeatable.
0: Well, yeah. Should we get out of here, Mindy?
1: We should. From episode 61 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, this is Scott Trench and Mindy Jensen, and we are out the door, dinosaur. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals. Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at BiggerPockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at BiggerPockets.com deals. That's BiggerPockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today.
0: The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only.
1: Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own.